You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. Let's do it later. Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Because nope. I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. All right. Welcome back to the Minnesota Twins SB Nation podcast. This is we're right in the thick of the world. Well, start the start of the World Series. So we're gonna dis, we'll discuss that for a bit. The Rays Dodgers matchup, then get into some uh, free agent talk. You know, who could the Twins bring in? Who will they let go? Discuss you know the payroll. How could just how could this offseason lay out? Basically, just an offseason starter here today, and we'll discuss some playoff baseball. So I'm here with Andrew Gibo. Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing well, Cooper, and I'm enjoying this blizzard. And before we recorded here, I think I think you said it best when you said it's not surprising but disappointing. And I think that perfectly <laughs> summed up the 2020 Minnesota Twins postseason run. But uh, yeah. here, here we are. Here we are to talk about hopefully a more encouraging offseason. Right. It's just it's a repeat of last year. It's exactly the same, but it is what it is. Um, just a start. We got World Series Game One tonight. Rays Dodgers. How much playoff baseball have you watched since the Twins were eliminated? Uh, I've watched a fair share. I mean, I've kept on what's been happening. I've watched games, you know, when I can. Um, I watch both game sevens, I and mean, you kind of have to, right? Right. <laughs> happy to happy to see the Rays win. You know, I, I I did want the Braves. My Giants allegiance makes me forever oh, hate the Dodgers, but <laughs> hopefully the Rays can get the job done. Yeah. So. For me, when the Twins were eliminated, I had like a, you know, seven to ten day period where I was just like, this sucks. And I just simply could not watch baseball. I was like, I hate it. This is just every year is a repeat. And it's just annoying. But I did eventually get back into it. The LCS series I did watch a lot of. But man, at the start, I was like this. I just, I'm so tired of this, man. (laughs) This same team, 18 straight playoff losses. It's it's okay to to grieve. Everyone has their grieving process. (laughs) Like oh, I don't even know. Like they lost game two, and I it felt a day later because I it's as I said not surprising. I was over it, but I was still like I I just can't right now. But yeah, I got back into it. Baseball, it's good. It's fun. Hey, it's better. It's, it's better. It's better than your Vikings. Not if you're a fan of them losing like I am. <laughs> I'm actively cheering against them every week. <laughs> Last week and was a good week great. for you then. Right. It was a great fun game that I watched on Sunday. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah i could talk about that for a long time too but no this is baseball this is a so, baseball you know, podcast right man so the world series starting up tonight i take it that would mean since you do not like the dodgers you are all in on the race am i correct in that i i am the biggest tampa bay race fan that exists right now <laughs> i man i'm split because the Rays winning would be really cool obviously but uh the dodgers they've is this their third appearance in the past four years? It is, right? It is, and I, and I tweeted this out the other day. If you don't follow me on Twitter, you should, at Gebo, G-E-B-O, with three underscores. And now, so the thing with the Dodgers is, this, I believe this is our eighth year in a row winning division title. They're now making their third World Series appearance in the last four years. Normally, you're, like a team's competitive window is about five years tops. If you're lucky, you might get a six-year in your competitive window. 
The Dodgers have won eight straight division titles, appeared in three of the last four World Series, and they probably have another five years on their window. Can they catch it? They just can't get it done in the big series. No. <laughs> <laughs> they can't. They haven't won since 88 with the, the Kirk Gibson home run. But it, it yeah. is just really crazy. You look at what the Dodgers have been able to put together. And if, if I wasn't a Giants fan, I would probably want the Dodgers to win. But I, I can't do that to myself. So go Rays. Right. Yeah. But, I See, mean, hats off to the right. Dodgers and what they've been able to build. This is an incredible team with a huge competitive window. Absolutely. Yeah, because that's where I'm split. I, there's the core, though, that's been there for a long time now. They've made three World Series in the last four years, as we mentioned. I kind of want to see him win one here, man. You know, <laughs> they keep making it, but I want to nope. see him win. But, um, I mean, if it was the Astros, okay, let me hit you with this. If it was the Astros against the Dodgers, who are you cheering for? The Astros, I like Dusty Baker. Oh, God. <laughs> you hate the Dodgers. <laughs> I, I like Dusty Baker more than I like the Dodgers, so All go right, Dusty. All right, I get that then. And yeah. one thing that's crazy going to the Dodgers is okay, if the Dodgers had won in 17 and 18, right? And now they're back. No, right. oh, sorry, 17, yeah, 18. They're back now in 2020. If they had won those first two, we are talking about the first dynasty since my Giants and their 2010 to 2014 run. But because they lost those two World Series, this is not a dynasty. And it's crazy. This team yeah. has everything to be a dynasty but they just haven't won it when they needed to, to have that title of being a dynasty. Yeah, I think it's clear they're the best team in baseball. I mean, is that controversial? I don't know if it is, you know. I don't think that's controversial, no. When you got Cody Bellinger, Mookie Betts in the same outfield, and Walker Buehler, (laughs) and Dustin May, and Corey Seager, and the list goes on. Yeah, best team in baseball. Right, okay. Which, you know, best team in baseball will rarely even be the team to win the World Series because that's just how you know teams get unlucky. But yeah, you'd think third year making it, they'll they've got to win, right? But who knows? Um, the Rays are a really weird team, scrappy, just a bunch of guys in the lineup no one's ever heard of if you don't watch baseball daily. And it'd be it'd be cool to see them win. They've got a payroll of I think like tw- around twenty eight million, which is yeah, they're, a, li- they're a little in- bit less than some <laughs> most right. Teams. They're they entire the Rays entire payroll is like. Two million dollars more than what Mookie Betts and Clayton Kershaw made this year. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. It's like you'll hear people always complaining, like you know, if your team isn't spending enough, so they can't win. And it's good to see the Rays then totally destroy that by spending twenty-eight million and potentially winning a World Series this year. It's it's weird, right. but. Yeah, but it doesn't always happen that way either. I mean, typically the World Series winners, they do typically have a relatively high payroll. For sure. So it would be nice to see the Twins spend some money. Right. Yes. I'm definitely not arguing against just, you know, spending 28 mil next year. That would be really bad. That would basically mean get rid of everybody to not name (laughs) Josh Donaldson. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, yeah, there's a lot that goes into it besides that. and. Is there anything noticeable, I guess I'm just going to ask this question, that you see with the Rays that the Twins just don't have? You know, they've lost 18 straight playoff games. The Rays go do this. It would make so, the World Series. Like, you know, it, it, it's not so much, I guess, with the Rays specific. I, just in general, you know, from, from watching the postseason, one thing that I've noticed of teams that have advanced in the postseason is that they are really good at doing the, quote-unquote, the little things. You know, runner on second, nobody out. Instead of trying to hit the home run and striking out, they shorten up, shoot the ball the other way, get the guy to third, 
Next guy hits a sacrifice fly and gets him in, scores a run, right? Those are the types of things that you you have to do to win in the postseason. It's nice to have a big inning. It's great. But in the postseason, you're facing the best teams, the best pitchers, the best relievers. And so those big innings are going to be very hard to come across, and you have to score when you have the opportunity to do so. And the Twins just haven't necessarily been able to do that in the postseason. And that's been the biggest thing for me is just watching these teams take advantage of the little things in big situations to score runs. Yeah. Yeah. Right with you there. Another thing I noticed just like watching the Rays in the playoffs, it's like, I guess watching the 2019 twins regular season, like every game it's like they're fighting here. They have a really good chance to win. They're never out of it. And in the playoffs for the twins that you see Polanco strike out in the first inning, he's already slamming his bat against the dirt. It's like, it's the first exactly. Game. You've, they've already given up. They know it's just over. And yeah, the Rays, it's, they just go out there. They have the mentality, the look of like, we're a good team. We're meant to be here. Whereas, you know, you watch the Twins, it's like, they never had a chance. It was the seventh inning, tie game, game one. It's like, this game's over. Like, <laughs> Twins, we're already you know, losing. Like, yeah. Literally. Like, and yeah, it's just frustrating to see. But um, I'm a fan of watching the Rays and they're fun to watch. So, I mean, I don't know. Maybe the Twins, it's like, are they the same as when this playoff losing streak started under Baldelli and Falvey and them? But man, they just—they're hard to watch, man. I don't—you can't even describe this because eighteen playoff losses in a row is impossible. But they pulled it off, so it's just—you can't even like say what happened or what went wrong, just because everything literally goes wrong every single year, and it's just hard to describe it at times yeah as as uh i believe it was yeah event to go top circling back to the dodgers last time they won in 88 with the kurt gibson home run i think it was vin scully who said in the year of the improbable the impractical has happened <laughs> and that's what happened with the twins it was 2020 it's a year of the improbable and then they go and lose their 18th in a row <laughs> so vin scully's home run call in 1988 applies to the minnesota twins 2020 season <laughs> yeah man it's tough to watch, but yeah, I'll get off that and move on to something hopefully a little bit better. We're going to be talking about which free agents from the Twins could return, and some of those players are Odorizzi, Cruz, Marwin Gonzalez, Sergio Romo, Avila, Rich Hill, Clippard, uh, and Ari Adrianza. So, there, it doesn't, we discussed this a little bit earlier, but it doesn't look like there's going to be many that do return, in my opinion. I think they're, a lot of these guys are older, and they just aren't needed on the team anymore except for like maybe Jake Odorizzi on a one-year makeup deal and maybe Cruz what do you think I'm right there with you I think of that list there are three guys who have a chance at coming back and that's Odorizzi Cruz and Romo of the three that have a chance I think Jake Odorizzi is the only guy who comes back I don't think that they're going to want to pick up another year on Nelson Cruz especially considering that there's going to be a lot of competition for him especially if you just consider the National League is going to have a DH going forward. That opens up the market even more. National League teams are very unprepared to have a DH. We saw that last year. National League DHs didn't perform nearly as well as American League DHs because prior to 2020, National League teams were not constructed to have a DH. They didn't have that guy like Nelson Cruz. So a lot of those teams may be looking to bring in a guy like Nelson Cruz. So I don't think the Twins want to get in a betting war with him. I think they have a lot of options there, whether it be using Rooker, Kirilov in that role, using Miguel Sano there, possibly using that as a way to rotate guys through instead of having that designated 
hitter in the DH spot. Um, so I think Cruz is, is likely gone. It sucks. We all love Nelson Cruz, but it doesn't necessarily make a lot of sense to bring him back given the other options they have. Sergio Romo, he everyone loved Romo the first year he came over to Minnesota. I think last year some of his antics, especially with the Indians, may have soured people towards him a little bit. And then he didn't pitch all that well down the stretch. He is owed about $5 million. They could find cheaper options in the bullpen that might give them better production. So I think it's unlikely Romo comes back. So you're looking at most likely Jake Odorizzi. I think that it would make sense for Jake to come back on a one-year deal, considering that he had sort of an abysmal 2020 with injuries. If he can get a one-year deal to show himself going into the market well for 2022, it makes sense for him, and it makes sense for the Twins to bring him back. So I think the only guy they really actually bring back is going to be Jake Odorizzi. What do you think? Yeah, I'm right there with you with that. Cruz and Romo, it's tough to, yeah, because Romo and Cruz, we obviously all love them, but man, he's, what is he, like 41 next year? and He'll be 41, yep. Right, Romo's getting up there too, and as you said, he really started to struggle down the stretch of the year. I didn't have much confidence in him, and in the playoffs he came in, you know, just didn't do all that well. Polanco's throw didn't help at all, but we have time, you know, we can go through these guys one by one here, just we touched on Cruz, Hill, or not Hill, um, Romo and Rizzi, but Marwin Gonzalez, he's been here for two years, just super utility man, can literally play anywhere, but he did not have a good year offensively last year, and they really don't need him that much. Don't I don't know if they have a direct replacement, but they've got a lot of just infielders, corner outfielders. They, there's not really a need for Marwin anymore. There, There's not. And, and, I mean, now Marwin, he might be like a backup option if they can't get a better utility guy. There's a lot of utility options they like. We can get into some of these later, you know, but Kike Hernandez is very high on my list. Tommy Lostello is going to be an option as well. Freddie Galvis, even if maybe you want to bring back Jonathan Scope. So there's a lot of other options out there for the Twins to fill that role, likely at a cheaper price as it is. So I don't think bringing back Marvin Gonzalez is going to be high on their priority list. Nope, agreed. And at the same time, though, he he won't cost much, I imagine. He's someone coming off a bit of a down year. He's got not great, you know, just press around him with the Astros scandal. That was, of course, his best year by a long shot. So, you know, maybe a $5 million deal, which maybe a little more, 5 to 10. But either way, it won't kill you if you do end up bringing him back. But as we said, there's younger, better options available. Right, or you can just bring up Blankenhorn and pay right, yeah. 600000 <laughs> For sure. Yeah. So, Marwin, I wouldn't mind him being gone. I mean, I don't think. Yeah, I'm right with you. He's most likely gone, and I don't really have an issue with it. Uh, moving on to the backup catching position. Alex Avila, I think this one is one of the easier ones on the list with uh, Ryan Jeffers coming up and solidifying himself if, as if not the starting catcher, for sure a backup. Um, there's really no role for Avila here with Garber also on the team. There's really not. Um, they're most likely going to roll with, with Garber and Jeffers. If maybe they want to keep a left-handed option as a backup catcher, and even if they do want to do that, I personally think Steven Vogt's a better option than Alex Avila. So I, I really don't see a scenario in which Alex Avila is on the Twins roster next year. You're really just throwing out blockbuster names like that. Jeez. Yeah. <laughs> Stephen Vote, man. All right. If you want to go vote crazy. for vote. 
oh, it's good. Yeah, just solid options. In Avila, he didn't perform too well last year anyways. So, yeah, he could be gone. I'm moving on to starting pitcher, left-hander Rich Hill, who I think is just done all around. Like, if he went five innings, you were kind of like, yes, he did it. Like, it's just it's a yeah, bit exhausting yeah. watching him go out there. and he, Like, it's not like he was bad, but just he hits five innings and he's done for, you know, he can't go. He went seven innings in one of his last starts, but my point stands, you know, he, if you can get five innings out of him, you're really happy. And I don't know, that's, he's just not a guy. I think the twins prioritize bringing back. Yeah, I agree. I think it's more likely he's in a retirement home in 2021 right. yeah. than it is on the twins <laughs> roster. Um, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see him coming back at all. They have plenty of no. other options in the rotation and there's no need to bring him back. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, Someone that, I mean, definitely could be back. We didn't mention it much, but he performed really well. The Twins seemed to like him. Uh, Tyler Clippard, reliever on bullpen, pitched well, like the sixth, seventh inning of most games. And, I mean, he's fine. He's probably got another good year in him. And if the Twins can get him back for as cheap as they did last year, why the hell not? Let's bring him back. Absolutely. I, I agree. I think he's a good candidate to come back as well. Uh, it depends on if they want to go other routes in the bullpen. There are some pretty good names that are right. available. Um, but he is an affordable option to bring back. And only about $3 million. He pitched well enough to, to earn a spot again. So, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if, if they bring Clippard back. Right. And then the final name on our list here, someone who's been around for quite a while now, uh, Ari Adrianza. Middle infielder, corner outfielder, pitcher if you need it. But yeah, like, uh, actually fill in manager one year in twenty nine, one game in twenty nineteen, and he can do everything for you. But uh, looking like the Twins might move on from him and try to give some younger guys a chance. Maybe he'll be back for really cheap. All these none of these guys are going to cost much, but Adrian right. he could. Be. It's not like he'll break or break the team if he's back or not. So I really I don't know. Yeah, I kind of agree with you there on, on Adrianza. I'd like to have him back. I really like A-Ray. I think he, he's just a really solid defensive utility guy. He's never really done much with the bat, but he does play stellar defense. Anywhere you put him on the infield, there is a lot of value in that. Uh, but he would be owed at least a couple of million, no more than about $3 million. You know, Just given his service time, he's going to make more money. And they have, again, it's other cheaper options out there that, that fill the same role that he played. How much emphasis do you really put on the defensive prowess of your fifth in or like, you know, <laughs> second backup right, infielder? I sure. mean, yeah. All right. So, I, yeah. Not, I, mean, I love A Ray. I would like to see him back. Just I don't necessarily think it's all that likely. Yeah, absolutely. I'm right with you. So, we asked this last time, but we'll do it again. It's been a couple of weeks. If you were to predict which people, which guys come back. Who would it be if you got to do it right now? Jake Odorizzi, Tyler Clippard. Yeah. Dang, those were the two I was going to select. So I'll do so. I mean, Cruz is tough. I, you're right. You made a lot of good points on Cruz. I, unless he really likes it here and was willing to take a pay cut, I don't think he's coming back. I'm with you. Odorizzi and Clippard are going to be the two. Odorizzi slots in right behind Barrios and Maeda. And Clippard fits in the back of the bullpen still. So I think it's good. I think they're set. Cruz is going to be tough to let go, but you got the players to replace him. Absolutely. So, yeah. So moving on to free agents that from free agents that could return to 
free agents the Twins could bring in. We've got a list of names here. We'll cover. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. Quite a few of them, so starting with someone you just simply did not write down on our list, (laughs) Trevor Bauer, what the heck? Not a big fan? I am a fan of Trevor Bauer. That is my bad for not not putting it on, on, on the list. I don't know why. I don't know what I was thinking. Um, no no, I mean, Trevor Bauer would be great. And, you know, typically when you're talking about, like, marquee free agent starting pitching, generally the Twins have no chance at getting them. It's just kind of the way it's historically worked. But Trevor Bauer is one of those guys. He's just very odd. He's not necessarily the kind of guy, at least in my opinion, to be lured by the – prestige of the Yankees or the Dodgers and chase the money. He's just a weird guy that does things against the grain. And so the twins probably actually have a shot at getting him, but do they want to pay Trevor Bauer 30 something million dollars a year? If it's cause he's been rumored to be like, I'm taking a one year deal. If he stays with that and just goes one year by one year, I think the twins are like, sure. Why the heck not? Just you know, right. Yeah. And, I don't think they care much. Hopefully ownership is like, go ahead. But, you know, 30-something mil for one year. Any, no one-year deal is really a bad deal. Yeah, bring him in. He's going to be really good for you. He makes your rotation one of the best in baseball instantly with the guys they already have. So He certainly does. Yeah, if they can get Bauer on a one-year, right. like, $32, 35000000 million deal, that, go for it. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. The other thing, too, is like, you know, Heck, coming back to the AL Central, he gets to face his old buddies in Cleveland multiple times a year. <laughs> that could be an incentive for him. Yeah, and he is also uh, – he worked a lot with uh, Derek Falvey back in Cleveland. So True. they have already have a really good uh, relationship, and maybe that will incentivize him to come here. The Twins and, seem like a good team for him as well. I don't know. Yeah, and he wouldn't have to face his daddy, Max Kepler, anymore. <laughs> Yeah, they'd, they'd make a really good YouTube video if he came here. That would be they, really they entertaining. Would. Can you imagine? That'd be so much fun. I'm all in on the Bauer train. <laughs> I am too. I'm not gonna get my hopes up on it. It's it's kind of. Yeah. I guess it's kind of like he Josh Donaldson last winter. Teams. Yes, but you know, like I said, it's, it's like Josh Donaldson last winter, where we all hoped that maybe they would get Donaldson, but we didn't actually think this was gonna happen. And then it happened, and that was probably the single greatest thing to happen in 2020. But I kind of put Bauer in the same group. We all want him. We'd all love to have him. But I don't necessarily think it's a high likelihood they actually bring him in. Um, as you said, you mentioned Josh Donaldson, you know, not getting their hopes up. He did end up here. But can they do that two off seasons in a row? It seems unlike – but. Bauer's weird, man, because he's not like any other free agent before. He could end up in any of the 30 teams. So, who knows for sure. But, yeah, I mean, I'm not going to get my hopes up with you, but who knows. Moving on to someone on our list, George Springer, who's big Astros name. He's going to hit the free agent market here. And what do you think? Does he have a – do the Twins have any chance of bringing a guy like him in? 
They might, but I'm going to just say a hard pass. I don't think yeah. there's like a, a need for him. I mean, you got Buxton in center, you got Kepler in right, and left field. It's either going to be Eddie Rosario, Alex Garoff, or Brent Rooker. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I'm right with you. If you're going to bring someone in, I think the name I might even like more though is Marcelo Zuna. I mean, Spring is good, but Oz- you know Ozuna can play corner outfield better. I think and. I don't know. I don't, I'm not a big Springer. I'm not a big Astros fan of any of their players. You know, they're good, but not a big fan. If they were to decide they want a corner outfielder for some reason, like a big name one, I'm all in on Marcelo Zuna. He had a really good year, too. He had 18 bombs in 60 games. Like, he's good, but I doubt they do it anyway. So, yeah, I mean, he's a good player, but he's also already in his age 30 season. So, True. you really going to throw five, seven years and close to probably $100 million at a guy who's over 30? I. No. <laughs> no, yeah. So, yeah, that's two names out of the way, just like that. <laughs> Pretty simple. Uh, moving on here, then. Kike Hernandez. Uh, what are your thoughts on him? You like him in a Twins uniform? I do. I love Kike. Uh, I mean, I hate the Dodgers, but I love Kike Hernandez. <laughs> uh, he's a great player. He plays all over the diamond. He's a good hitter. He absolutely crushes lefties. And, and I know he, if he's on the Twins, he likely will never face Madison Bumgarner ever again, which Madison Bumgarner <laughs> is probably very happy about that. I tweeted this out earlier today. His numbers against Madison Bumgarner are staggering. And but you got to think about it. You're t- Madison Bumgarner, you're talking about one of the best pitchers over the last decade when you factor in postseason success. And in 52 at-bats against Madison Bumgarner, Kike Hernandez is hitting 500 and slugging <laughs> 846. That's it's I mean, incredible. It's, pretty, it's it's all right, you know. It's, yeah. <laughs> if you can do that, you'll you know. I mean, that's all star numbers, you know. It's pretty, but yeah, yeah, it's decent, insane, yeah. And if the twin, I mean, I like him on the twins too. He can, he's just a solid player all around. And yeah, you think just, he costs much or no? Nah? Yeah, he probably costs around probably five, seven million, yeah, which is which is fair. Good. And I mean, just right, over absolutely. his over his career. And what I like about Kike and why I really want the twins to go out and get Kike is what he does against left-handed pitching. He has a career 820 OPS against left-handed pitching, slugging 474, right? That's a guy who hits lefties really well. And surprisingly, last year, the Twins' biggest struggles was against left-handed pitching. So you bring in a guy like Kike, who can play literally anywhere on the diamond. He can also <laughs> pitch, and he crushes left-handed pitching. There's a, it's an absolute need to bring in a guy like Kike only thing is, is I don't necessarily think Kike is going to want to come to Minnesota. Uh, this might be kind of one of those just things about being in Minnesota is it's not a very desirable market. And Kike is going to right. go LA from Los to Angeles Minnesota. to Minnesota, right? And and, and Kike, I just don't necessarily think that that's going to be a desirable destination for Kike. So that might be the only reason why he doesn't come here. There are a lot of other good options if he ultimately decides, like, no, I don't want to go freeze my, my ass off for you know, half the season in Minnesota. <laughs> That's fine. There's other options, but I, I would really love to have Kike. That's one of my like main targets this offseason is find a way to bring Kike to Minnesota. Right. He would be the perfect Marwin Gonzalez replacement. Like he just fills upgrade. that exact role. Yeah, upgrade and yeah, just fills that exact role of plays anywhere and he hits lefties. Really, I mean, he hits the ball well, which Marwin just didn't do last year. And he hits lefties really well. Plays anywhere, he'd be the perfect replacement. I'd love him on the team as well, but. As I said, it does seem unlikely going from the LA Dodgers to probably almost any destination he desires. Like for seven mil, any team's gonna be like, "Yeah, I would love this player." But 
And, and yeah. I think I think most likely scenario is Kike remains in Los Angeles, Just stays in LA, right? That makes sense too. But yeah, I'm with you. I'd love to have him here. It'd be a great, you know, just get all around. But we'll see. We'll so that one, I'm sure. We're, just quick question: We're talking about utility guys here, and I was thinking about it the other day. What about getting a guy like a Kike or or Tommy Lasella to predominantly play second base? And then you use Luis, Luis Arise as that utility guy, which is the role he played in 2019. Yeah, he's just not that good of a fielder. Like, okay, <laughs> he can like he can play. Sure, you can throw him in the corner outfield, but he's not that good out there. Or re- he's like he can barely play a competent second base at times. But it's he's he's going to be a guy that I think just stays at second base or just eventually isn't. Or is just like just a bench player. I don't think he'll be in everyday different uh different spot in the field kind of guy like Marwin or Kike could be. He's just so that's true. fielding ability. Yeah. Unless he can develop it, but as of right now, no. That's a good point. I was just thinking that maybe that might right. make things easier roster wise. Yeah, if he could do that, that would be great for the team. But yeah, unlikely. That's fair. Alright. So just moving on here off of batters to a relief pitcher. Um a former twin here, <laughs> Liam Hendricks. He's not the same player as when he left Minnesota. Not even close. He's now a, one of the best relievers in baseball, and he'll be worth around you know, 13 to $15 million per year. Type of contract that no one wanted to give out to Craig Kimbrell a few years ago, if you remember that saga. But, yeah, he's going to be in the same kind of you know category as he was back then, just an elite reliever who's owed a lot of money. And I don't think the Twins are going to pay anything above – Eight million for a relief pitcher. So Hendricks is not coming to Minnesota. Right there with you. I would love to have him, of course. Who wouldn't? Right. Same team with Trevor Bauer, right? But (laughs) they're not. I I don't see a world where the Twins throw thirteen million at a relief pitcher. I mean, they're just not in a market where they can do that. I I think Liam Hendricks is going to end up at probably one of the largest markets in the league, just based off of who's going to be willing to pay him that kind of money. Yep. Absolutely, yeah. There's no doubt about it. The Twins would rather develop another Cody Stashak than pay a Liam Hendricks $13 million. You know, that's how baseball works with the way the money works. So I'm not mad at it. It just is what it is. You know, they're not going to bring him in for yep. a ton of money, and that's fine. So, yeah, uh, someone you like now moving on to another reliever. Trevor Rosenthal, right? I mean, you're pretty big on him. I am. I do like Trevor Rosenthal a lot, but I'm also kind of going to put him in the same category as Liam Hendricks. I don't necessarily see the Twins shelling out $10 million for Trevor Rosenthal. If they did, I'm not mad about it. It's not my money, but <laughs> he, he makes it a much better team. I mean, if you go into the late innings and you've got Trevor Rosenthal and Taylor Rogers, that's a pretty potent you know, back end of the rotation. But again, I just don't necessarily see a world where they pay ten billion dollars a year for a relief pitcher. Yeah, no, I'm right there with you. And maybe they decide there is, you know, for if it's a one year deal, it's worth it to get that elite back end guy and maybe just Rosenthal for one year, which would be great. I'd love that, but I'd be again, all on board with that. Right. Absolutely. Doesn't seem likely, but maybe just to replace Trevor May's five mil, they bring in Rosenthal for Ten mil. Who knows? But uh, moving on to a starting pitcher, who the Twins did like during was it the 20, 2019 trade deadline? I think. Yes. 
Yeah, okay. Yeah, Marcus Stroman was being name was being tossed around. There's a lot of rumors about him coming to the Twins. Obviously, that didn't ultimately happen, and he he did not pitch in 2020. Is that correct? Like, just he just opted out. Well, he kind of fleeced the Mets, which I guess hats off to him. <laughs> uh, yeah, he had shoulder issues to start of the year, so he opted in, and he was on the active roster for just enough days to hit the service time limit and then opted out oh, to, become, yeah. to become a free agent. <laughs> right, that's what it was. So then now he will be a free agent. So you know, he's out there. He did it his way. He's going to get his money. You know, Good for him, I guess. He uh, took advantage of the system. Why the hell not? The owners do it all the time. So the GMs and such. So why can't the players do it? Good for him. He'll enter free agency. I, I don't know if I'm a fan. I'm not. He, I don't. I don't know, not really, because he's going to cost quite a bit, starting pitcher out there. You like Stroman coming to Minnesota? I like the idea of Stroman, but I, I don't think it's happening. I don't think it's a practical move, I think, especially because we already are in agreement that they're going to bring back Jake Odorizzi, and Odorizzi is going to get the same amount of money, maybe less years, but same amount of money as Stroman. Right. And and then we're, are you really going to pay a guy like, Marcus Stroman, $13 million to be your number four starter. That's yeah. a lot of money to pay on a back-end starter. Because he's not yeah. better than Kenta Maeda, Jose Barrios, or Jacob Rizzi. He's just not. No. He's he, not I don't know if he's even better yeah. than Pineda. Oh, yeah, good point. He'll, he'd probably be the number five. Yeah. Stroman's not that. He's not like an elite pitcher by any means. He's, you can, he's solid. He'll get you innings, but he's not He's nothing right. crazy. You could bring in a Drew Smiley, who's right. probably better than Stroman for – only four million compared to thirteen for Strowman. Yeah, absolutely. Or a guy we've got written down here, like Robbie Ray. You know, bounce back here, Robbie Ray. But yeah, I mean, he did awful last year. Moving on to Robbie Ray, of course. But six six two ERA, six fifty fifth. But throughout the, his earlier years in his career, he was a really good pitcher. He just had a terrible year last year. But you know, maybe that he can be a guy to bounce back. And he's a guy I would like to give a short deal to be a number five, just like you mentioned. Uh, Drew Smiley, one of those two, would be a better option than paying Marcus Stroman, I think. Yeah. I mean, even Kevin Gosman's a better option than Marcus sure. Stroman. Yeah, yeah, not not like ability wise or anything, just just getting... in terms of practicality reasons. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah, just in terms of like what you're paying for a number five starter. Like, I mean, he Stroman would be cool to have in your fifth spot, but you just don't need it. There's no reason to spend that money elsewhere, I suppose. So, yeah, exactly. and get Robbie Ray or any of those other guys we mentioned and try that out instead. I don't know. You right there with me? Seems I'm like right there are. with you. Yep. Yeah. So, in the end, we just have two more guys. Blake Trinan and Alex Colomay, just two more relievers. Trinan is someone I really liked before the 2020 season, and I still love him. He was elite with Oakland. I guess I'm not – How do you know how he did this 2020? I guess I'm not sure. I'll tell my head, I, I do not. I know he didn't have his, right his, his best year at right. all. Um, but, I mean, he's still a good pitcher, but it's yeah. also kind of one of those things where it it just feels like they'd be trying to force something by bringing in. Like, Try trying to in those. Him. Yeah, there's no, I guess, like, glaring need. There's other bullpen options that would be available to them, and he's going to cost about $8 million. So, No. Yeah, do you want to pay eight million to try to fix someone? And he really did only have the one truly elite year. Besides that, it was it was a lot of solid years. But you know, you could get that out of Tyler Clippard too. So right, or if I'm going to pay eight million dollars to a right-handed reliever, I'm going to want to bring in Kirby Yates. 
<laughs> right, that makes sense, yeah. So yeah, bring in someone that makes sense. I get that. Not try to fix someone, especially in a year where you're hoping to win the World Series, you know? Exactly. Or win a playoff, win one, one playoff Just game. Just win one playoff game. <laughs> oh, man. To the final guy, then. Uh, Alex Colomay, coming off a year with Chicago, where he did really good, actually. In 08, 1ERA, 2975. Bit of a difference, but... Went below one. Three. Right, yeah, just an excellent year all around. He's going to get probably 8 to 10 mil, just like a lot of these relievers. And I'm on the same side as I am with, like, Rosenthal here. If he wants a one-year deal and he wants 10 mil, I don't care. Sure, go give him that. Yeah, the yeah. only thing that concerns me with Colum A is he's kind of been a, a hit-or-miss kind of guy. He's had, you know, good years, bad years, or hasn't necessarily been a tremendous amount of consistency with him. And he's coming off a good year. I, if he's available, I wouldn't be upset if they brought him in, but I wouldn't make Alex Colomay a priority. Yeah, no, that that makes sense too. I don't think they'll make really any of these relievers a priority, but if the opportunity presents itself to snag one of them and he's just sitting there, I'm, I think they'll go make the move. And same thing goes for Colomay here. If he's available for less than they'd like to pay. I think they'll go make the move for a top-end reliever like one of those two guys, but it doesn't seem likely. There's no glaring hole in the bullpen. They've got their fine back there. They'll continue to develop arms as well. So, yeah, that's our list. Any final thoughts on the list there? No. No, all right. Then we're all good there. Um, we're going to move on here to discuss. Twins Daily has thrown out a payroll tracker that's really useful just to see how much free agents would cost and all that. And do you have one you'd like to talk about this week, just putting together a roster and a payroll, see how it came out? Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, so if you haven't had a chance to do it yet, I highly suggest you go to twinspayroll.com. This was a spreadsheet put together by people a lot smarter than me at Twins Daily where you can kind of fill out a roster and see what the payroll would be. And I'm going to go over two of them. I did one earlier today just kind of for fun. I wanted to try to keep it under $125 million. So that would be about 10% less than what their payroll was last year. And what I, basically what I came up with here is no Nelson Cruz. I would put them you know, way over the $125 million mark. And then you know, no, no Rosario's gone as well. You got Kirilov, the opening day left fielder. Brent Rooker's going to be the DH. Jake, you know, Lamont Wade, pardon me, Lamont Wade's going to be the fourth outfielder. I got Kike Hernandez as a utility guy, Blankenhorn on the bench, and then, you know, Jeffers as well. Rotation-wise, bringing back Jake Odorizzi, signing Drew Smiley to $4 million. The bullpen, obviously we're going to keep Duffy, Whistler, Alcala. I got Clippard coming back. I got uh, Stashak, bringing back Romo, keeping Rodgers and Thielbar. So that would be the under $125 million. I'm not a huge fan of that. I think they can do better in the bullpen than Stashak and Romo. Uh, So if we we want to up it a little bit and we want to go to about $133 million, so we're adding about seven more million here. Uh, The biggest difference on, on this one is you keep Trevor May for $6 million and you sign Kirby Yates. So your bullpen consists of Duffy, Whistler, Alcala, May, Clippard, Yates, Rogers, and Thielbar. I think that's a very reasonable amount of money for the team to spend. It's would it be about 133 million. That's still five million less than their payroll last year, and their bullpen gets better by keeping everybody the same, except you're swapping Yates for Romo. 
and you're losing yeah. Nelson Cruz and Eddie Rosario, which I think Kirilov and Rooker can probably give similar production. And then you got Kike on the bench as well. I really like this <laughs> roster. I, I would be thrilled if we go into opening day 2021 and we've got this team put together. Yeah, I'm, I mean, that's good. It's a really uh, – it's not as exciting of, as, uh, of an offseason as last year, obviously, with uh, some Kent Maeda and Josh Donaldson additions. But, no, it gets – it fills holes, it, you know, the little spots you need bettering in or just replacements. It gets those done, and that's, that'd be, you know, solid roster. Next time we record, I'll have one. I'll probably take a different approach, just kind of one that touches 150 mil or something, just to have fun with it, but – just so you have opposites, but yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, know, it, w- it wouldn't be the most really exciting. Goals. Wouldn't be the most exciting no. winter if your biggest additions are a utility infielder. <laughs> right. Rank your three biggest. <laughs> oh, my three biggest additions are Kike Hernandez, <laughs> Kirby Yates, and Drew Smiley. And there was one of them without uh, Kirby Yates. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, and that's the thing. There's not a lot of need to right. revamp this roster or bring in a whole bunch of new guys. This is a very good team. The only core guy, well, I guess you call Nelson Cruz core. So they might lose two core guys in Rosario, who likely gets non-tendered unless they just don't feel that they want to roll into his season with two rookies in their lineup with Kirloff and Rooker. Yeah, that might be a problem. I feel like if Rosario is going to be gone, but they might bring in a guy for five mil like just to play the outfield for half a year and then get cut <laughs> once Kirloff starts playing well or something. But yeah, Right. I don't know. And, and so I think, yeah, Rosario's probably gone. I don't think they want to tender him a contract at $11 million when you can play pay Alex Kirloff $600,000 to likely give you better production. Yeah. No, makes sense. And, yep, if I was – the only thing I'd adjust is maybe add a really – cheap two to five mil quarter and outfielder to fill in for a little bit or just be a bench bat helping out Kirloff but yeah nothing crazy I like your roster I like how it shakes out so I mean that's all I've got you got anything else no um I'm just looking forward to just watching the Dodgers lose again in the World Series (laughs) yeah next time we record it should be it likely will be over so yeah (laughs) we'll check in there thanks good talk all right yeah have a good one